0: Relocation fees to a new country. Terrible pitching. And a lot of home runs. This is the one hundred and eight stitches podcast.
1: Wow, that was pretty good.
0: Thank you. I had that idea and I wanted to try it. Yeah, we're trying we're trying to like get a concrete little intro going for you guys. And that little intro is just a little preview of what we're talking about today, so kinda of just wanted to throw that out there, see if it stuck. But yeah, we got a lot to cover today, but also, I, I got to start off this episode with a little apology. Mm-hmm. I, I've kind of been, if you follow us on Instagram, I've kind of been slacking on posts recently. Been a little busy, but you know, I'm going to be back at it. The OTDs are coming back. Everything's coming back. We'll be back. Yeah, bro, I didn't even realize that.
1: No I, OTDs from you.
0: i The last one I did was like maybe early last week. I've been kind of slow with things, but I'm I'm coming back. The Will man's coming back.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to hold the fort down, but I haven't been posting a lot either. So,
0: and I'll, I'll get back in. We'll be back in the swing of things, and then when you're away, I'll be holding down the fort. So, like, it's we're, we got this. We got. Yeah, this. we're
1: good. We're good. You're really gonna only have to hold down the fort like really hard when I'm at camp. When I'm on vacation, I'll still be fine to post.
0: Yeah, but I'll still, I'll still make sure you know. We got a solid foundation. you know. It's a, Well, it's kind of like a house.
1: <laughs> Speaking of houses, there's this week, the week after. So oh! we're, we're back at
0: school in three weeks. I, I had no idea where you were going with that. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And then we'll be in the same room recording. We'll put stuff on YouTube. We're going to have a little more extras coming at you. We'll, this is when things really start to grow is when we're in the same room. Yeah. So I- I'm excited for that. That's going to be a lot of fun.
1: So last week when we did the little recap of the week, we went day by day. we are going to change it up this week, see what you guys think. It was Will's idea. I kind of like it.
0: Well, we we got to change it up this week because we also have the big trade deadline Wednesday, and I think it- it's good to preview that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: It is it's good to preview that. But, hey, let's talk about what we – before we dive into kind of this past week – Let's talk about what we did on Thursday.
1: Yeah, sorry, there's a loud car passing. But yeah, um, we went to a Mets game on Thursday.
0: Did go to a Mets game on Thursday. It was great. uh,
1: Luke BH and Rob Oliver.
0: You'll be hearing them on the podcast at some point. You'll be hearing Mm -hmm. them. Once we're back in Oneana, they're going to be two of our co hosts. But yeah, you know, four of us went to a Mets game, sat out in right center. It was pretty great. Jacob DeGrom was excellent, as always. The Mets podcast. The Mets got him some runs all in the first inning, so he got himself a win.
1: Yeah, things you love to see.
0: Overall, it was, a, it was a good time. I enjoyed myself.
1: Me too. The only thing that I did enjoy about it was how brutally hot it was.
0: It was very hot because we were just right in the sun. There were times where, for a half inning, we would just go up to the shade and watch the game, if anything. It was just so – it was hot.
1: Yeah, it was gross. Now we know for next time. If I ever find myself at a Mets game again, sit under something.
0: Well, here's the thing. You, you probably will. If you want to go to a cheap baseball game, you go Mets.
1: We paid twenty bucks to have really nice seats.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. We saw everything. Dude. That was my first time sitting in the outfield too.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was my first. That first baseball game I've gone to, I've sat in the outfield. So. Good.
1: I've sat at a few, like, all the way up behind home plate. Mm -hmm. I've also sat at a bunch in the outfield, too. So It's
0: like I've sat along the lines in the outfield. I've sat behind, like, home plate and stuff, but I've never been actually in the outfield. So that that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's a different nice little perspective, you know?
0: It really is. It really is. And also, watching the Met game the next night, just... I was watching all their camera angles and we were definitely on TV at some points, but not for sure. Yeah. Notice. Just because they show the right center a lot. So we, they definitely saw us, the world saw us just being us out there.
1: <laughs> I was just trying to act funny. Every single time uh, Pete Alonso came up to bat, I stood up, gave him a standing O. Didn't
0: you do Every that? Time- you did that for someone. I think you did that for McNeil when he came up to pinch hit. Too. I
1: did do that for McNeil when he came up to pinch hit. And then uh, every time they played the charge music, Mm. I screamed on the top of my lungs, don't even do that at the Yankee games. That was funny.
0: Because the Met games are more fun. Right. Because the Mets don't take
1: themselves seriously. (laughs) To be fair, I've seen the Mets win in person two times this year. And I've seen the Yankees lose in person two times this year.
0: I can't can't help that the Mets are just that good. I mean... (laughs) Well, I watched
1: them beat the Yankees, of course, and I watched the Astros absolutely kill the Yankees on old time. Ah,
0: two super teams, you know. You can't, you can't win them all, Will. <sighs> two super teams.
1: I that's sarcasm, right?
0: No, Will. I'm being so upfront about that. It was
1: all right, Moving on.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's let's dive into some of the uh, highlights this week. And let's kick things off with the uh, big news that came out last night. Unexpected news, if that. Uh, the Blue Jays and Mets engage in a trade. And the Mets acquire Marcus Stroman for two of their pitching prospects, Anthony Key and Simone Woods Richardson. What do you think about that? Okay. See, so, yeah, I haven't really told you. I said I'd keep my response genuine for the podcast. But... um. At first, when I saw that they were getting Strowman, I thought Thor was going to be traded to the Blue Jays, yeah, and me I was too. I was pissed. I was not happy. I'm like, this is going to be such an unbalanced trade. I really wasn't happy. But then when that was I was the saw original
1: that, talks too.
0: That was the original talks. But seeing the trade now, I'm actually pretty happy because here's the thing with the two prospects. He is a good pitcher. He's a lefty, but. He- He's not, he was ranked number four in the Mets farm system. But here's the thing. A lot of scouts say that he's going to be a back end of the rotation guy, but a consistent one. You know, he's going to be like a guy who's going to be like a number four in your rotation, but he'll be consistent at being in a number four, if that makes sense. Yeah. So in some regards, you're not giving up much in him. But it's the other guy, Woods Richardson, who he has a very high ceiling. He throws hard. He's got like the makeup to be a good pitcher. But he's only 18. He's a young kid, so it, there's still time for him to either become great or burn out. So that's a risk and reward right there. But for just getting Stroman for those two, I think that's a great deal. You know,
1: it's funny There's two things. I was listening to thinking game last night, and they talked a lot about the Stroman trade on the radio. Waldman and uh, Susan Waldman and John Sterling. Um, they brought up a good point that I hadn't really thought about before, but we we talked about it on the Marlins pod. Um, all of these like prospect pitchers, like everyone was a prospect pitcher at some point, point. and you you what you see the Marlins trade how they don't have Herman, they don't have Paddock, like not to say that the two guys that the Mets traded were Herman or Paddock, but you get what I'm saying though, right?
0: Like yeah, trading Strowman for two guys who for something. I think you're stretching for something there.
1: Yeah, it's just it part of a good, just something to think about. I was like, oh, that is true, because you don't think about it when you when you but trade guys who you necessarily haven't heard about before. You're you like, can oh, wow, it. it's fine. You make
0: you can make that case in literally every trade, though. Right. Not just specifically this one or any trade. The Marlins. Right, it's I know, like, but
1: that, I'm not trade. saying even for specifically this trade. Like that's why I brought up the Marlins trade and everything. Like that's something to think about. though, like even as, the, as all these trades go on and you hear all these names where you haven't heard about before in a couple of years, these are, these could be like household names. That's what I'm trying to bring up. If that makes sense.
0: It happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. But overall though, what the Mets did with this trade, I, I like the trade and I, now, I, I, you know, ask what you're going to ask. Cause I think I know what you're going to ask.
1: Yeah. Cause there's, there's talks and, uh, I just want to know what you think about this. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying it's, it was a funny trade because the Mets' defense in the infield isn't the best. And Stroman is a really like really consistent ground ball pitcher. What do you so, think about that?
0: Here's, here's my take on that. One, to get that infield defense better, you've got to put Jeff McNeil in the infield. Yep. And here's the thing: the Mets don't have, have terrible defense in the infield. They're just not playing up to levels that they should be. Rosario has had a rough year on defense, but he can still make the good plays. We saw you saw him make a really good play on Thursday. We did. Alonso has been better than expected with the glove. Cano just getting old, and Frazier is average. So it's not the it's not terrible, but getting Jeff McNeil in the infield would make a big improvement. But the point I want to make with this whole Stroman trade, and I thought you were going to ask this, but you didn't actually ask this, was now the Mets have Wheeler and Syndergaard who have been talked about being traded. And we'll dive into this later when we cover trade deadline stuff. But I just want to make the point now. But if the Mets do decide to trade one or both of those guys, the Mets have really cornered the market for the top trade deadline best pitchers and can kind of ask what they want
1: they 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 have Syndergaard
0: in my opinion
1: right now is like one or yeah probably like one for the pitchers
0: who you're going to want to get or Wheeler they can and Syndergaard's not having the best year but they can charge so much now they've cornered the market by getting the three best available pitchers because Bumgarner's not going anywhere now the Giants Mm -hmm. are doing too well so, the Mets have really cornered the market. And we'll dive more into that when we do cover the trade deadline stuff. But I just wanted to bring that up now because I think that's a very important point.
1: Yeah, no, let's just talk about it now, real quick. How right. would you feel? So, like the talk, and I know you sent me the tweet last night by Rosenthal that it's probably not going to happen. But the original talk was that they're going to send Syndergaard to the Padres for prospects, get Strowman, like sending Syndergaard to the Padres would make room for Strowman. That's what they were saying. But now they're saying it's probably not going to happen. How would you feel, though? They did give up Syndergaard, but asked a lot and got a
0: lot for him. Well, I need to see names before anything. You know what I'm saying? If the Padres can give up, I don't think they'd give up Mackenzie Gore, who's like their best pitching prospect. I don't think that can happen. But if they can get a good haul back, I wouldn't be too mad, especially because now that the Mets have cornered the market, like I said, they can really charge what they want. And this was a smart move to do, I think. But, yeah. but, I think I, I'm, the Mets aren't going to make a playoff push. I'm not optimistic. They, they're in striking distance, but I'm not optimistic just because this team is such a dumpster fire that something. Feel incredible. like if
1: they do want to make a playoff push, they don't trade Syndergaard.
0: Yeah, because and also the thing is, next year you still have Syndergaard under control. You still have Stroman under control. You still have Degrom under yeah. contract. And let's say they keep Wheeler. Give him a qualifying offer. If he takes that, you have a very formidable four in that rotation.
1: I feel like, though, at least...
0: I don't think it's going to happen. For- just hypothetical.
1: I think Wheeler or Syndergaard, you have to get... I, mean, I feel like the Mets always have just tried to build around pitching.
0: That's, yeah, Oh, absolutely. And it's never worked.
1: Obviously. It hasn't worked. So, like, do you trade Syndergaard... Or Wheeler to try to get some bats for next year.
0: Cindergaard you're gonna get more with. Wheeler, because he's a rental, you won't get as much. Yeah. The the haul for Cindergaard is gonna be a lot more substantial than it is for Wheeler. Wheeler's still a good pitcher, and but the difference is is that with Wheeler you may get two to three players back, but with Cindergaard, you could be pushing five or six. You know? Yeah. And that's a mm-hmm. big four or five. Or mm, I don't know. It depends on the trade, depends on the team. But we'll see.
1: Yeah, so we'll moving. I-, I have a lot of talk about the Yankees pitching for this week. Hmm. I have a lot to rant about. But their pitching did lead to one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my entire life. If not the greatest game I've ever watched. That was absolutely insane. The Yankees Twins played. It was a 10-inning game. The Yankees won 14 to 12. The Yankees were down eight to two that game. Just I remember I was gonna go to bed. And, and then I got a notification that uh eight to five, I'm pretty sure. And cause Judge doubled or something and made it eight to five. I was like, oh, I gotta turn it on now. Turn it on. Watched for the next two and a half hours. Rob Facetime me to ask me if I was watching the game. We watched the whole thing. It was like nine to eight, then ten to nine, then eleven to ten, then twelve to eleven. It was crazy. Did you watch highlights from that, Will? I
0: just saw the end of the game. I watched the highlights of the end of the game. Okay. So Hicks Hicks catch. Oh my god. I saw Hicks catch. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: And he hit the game, the go-ahead home run, but wasn't like the go-ahead run, because then they, the twins came back again. But down in the ninth with two outs, he hit a two-run home run to put the Yankees ahead to keep it going. And just the Yankees bullpen did suck that game though. Britain gave up an absolute moonshot to Miguel Sano. As soon as as the bat made contact, I was like, wow, okay, game over. And then Chapman came in, walked the bases loaded, and then they kept him in after that. Like, the Yankees had the lead, and then he walked the bases loaded, and then they tied it. It was crazy. But, like, that's the whole Yankees pitching this week. Non-existent, all around.
0: And you and I have talked a lot about that, and... Again, to kind of dive into the little trade market thing, it's not that the Yankees need to make a trade for a starting pitcher because they have the names there; they they're just not producing.
1: Yeah, and we're now, now you can make the argument they need someone because CC's on but, the IL again. But,
0: but still, it's not what, it's not like these guys haven't proven themselves before, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, on paper, Tanaka, Herman, Hap, Paxton, Hap last year was great. Paxton's known to be, well, To he was seen as a top-of-the-line top pitcher. Hasn't really done anything this year yet. He had one good game against the Red Sox on Jackie Robinson Day. That was his highlight of the year so far because since then, I watched him against the Mets, gave up five runs in the first inning. Every, literally, for the past week, the last seven games, Yankee starters have given up at least seven runs. That's or him. Yankees pitching has given up at least seven runs.
0: That'll lose you games right there. It's That's that simple.
1: so bad. I literally had to turn off the notifications at the Red Sox. Like, I, I began to watch Red Sox game when Tanaka was pitching. Tanaka gave a 3 run home run to, uh, I think it was Bogarts. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go take a shower. because so I just got home from work, took a shower, came out. Solid 20 minute shower because I really long day. Still the first inning down seven nothing. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It was like a nightmare because I was counting on Tanaka to set it back because I've seen Tanaka as the ace all year. Tanaka, I used to hate Tanaka so much. I really enjoy watching him this year. He he has had a good year, he just had an off day,
0: which goes back
1: to the whole thing. You have the names.
0: Mm -hmm. I've always felt my opinion on Tanaka is that. His stuff is there. He's just very inconsistent. Yeah. He's never had a full stretch of consistency. I've always felt he's very inconsistent. I
1: agree. I agree. That That's basically... That's why I hated Tanaka so much a couple of years ago. He was just very, very inconsistent. But he was great in the playoffs. And he's shown that he could be good in the playoffs. But now the whole trade market... Strowman was my guy who I wanted. I wanted the Yankees to get Strowman. And now you got to think like... Now it's gonna happen. He got all of these. I don't want. I don't want to say low level, but all these subpar names on the market. I don't know. But you got you got Seve coming back, but you don't know how well he's gonna pitch. He hasn't pitched all year.
0: If anything, I could see them putting Seve in like an opener role to before they extend him out. If the Yankees yeah. need him that badly,
1: I can see that. Pitch like two innings. Bring Green in. Or maybe Nestor Cortez Jr. <laughs> Who actually, like, hasn't pitched horrible since he's come up the last couple times.
0: Hey, let's shift away for a second. The real MVP, Mike Talkman. <laughs> How about him? I mean, get him the MVP award.
1: To be honest, though, every time I look down this weekend, I'd see Mike Talkman's name come up on my phone. Or every deep. time I watch the game, he'd just get a hit.
0: <laughs> just get him the MVP award at this point.
1: Him and Nestor Cortez Jr. have been called up at least five times each this year. And up and down, up and down, up and down.
0: <laughs> you know what? Honestly, just trade Aaron Judge, put Mike Talkman in right field, then you're set for the rest of right, the Right, you're
1: funny. Good one. Uh-huh. I was just talking about this last night with uh, Matt Alley. Aaron Judge hasn't hit a lot of home runs this year, but he's getting on base a lot. He's also been hurt. Yes. He's also been yeah he has been hurt, but he's not at twenty home runs yet. Which is obviously he's been hurt, but because he's been hurt, all of his home runs have been appo. I don't know if you saw that he hasn't pulled a home run yet this year.
0: Well, you know when you're playing in a little league park. Okay, we're a, okay. <laughs> if you didn't see that one coming, I mean. No. But.
1: That's more of I don't want to say concern, but it's like I don't know. I just Obviously feel like he's cheap.
0: Aren't necessarily con- if if you go to right center and you're a right-handed hitter, that's a good sign because that's the power pulling right. the ball is powerful. But like if you can go to right center, that's natural power.
1: And you know, Matt Matt brought it up. He doesn't need to be hitting home runs. Not like, in that lineup. No. Not in that lineup. He doesn't need to be the guy producing.
0: I mean, in theory, though, because of the name, he should be the one, because he's going to be the name people associate. But he's got so much protection in that lineup that it makes sense where he doesn't have to be the guy that hits the home run in the big situation. He's got eight other
1: guys in that lineup that can hit 20 home runs, you know?
0: He's got the protection, so.
1: Moving off of ranting about our teams, um, to go along with the... But the uh, juiced balls this year, four games in a row, a player hit three home runs.
0: Okay. Here, I I wouldn't necessarily say this is juiced ball because all four of these guys have power. Right. So, but I wasn't expecting Robinson Cano to hit three home runs because he's been terrible all year. Yeah. Although, although his home numbers have been substantially better than his road numbers. And he did this at home. So, in some regards, this makes sense, but it's still weird. Paul okay. DeYoung hit his three home runs, against, uh, he didn't hit him against the Mets, which is surprising because all he does is hit against the Mets. <laughs> but he's got power as a shortstop. He does have power. Nelson Cruz has always had power, so I'm not surprised by that. He's having a great year this year. And Mookie Betts, not so much that he has power, he's just a good hitter, you know?
1: Yeah. As I say, let's not talk about our team. I have to talk about Mookie Betts for a sec, okay?
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: whole Red Sox thing, because this is something I didn't bring up. The Red Sox took three, three or four from the Yankees this weekend,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which really concerns me. Well, not really concerns me, but it's something to think about, because the Red Sox are technically still in it. The Yankees could have put them away this weekend. But the whole did you see the whole thing with Didi and the whole tweets and everything? I did not. So, MLB tweeted and posted a quote from Didi that said, you always love to be able to put away the Red Sox when you have the chance, or something along those lines. Like, only his side. And then Xander hit a home run that threw a home run against Tanaka, and then their caption on Instagram was, Sanders said bury this and then like in quotes he said like bury this and then they showed his home run. And then after the game, Didi tweeted at them was like you're only showing one side of the story. You guys know this isn't true. This was this was cut. I you know I was talking about something else when I was saying this. There's two sides to the story. Always make sure you show both sides. MLB since then has changed their caption on Instagram and deleted all the t- tweets that have to surround that.
0: Well, you know why they do that, right? No they, they're just trying to get they know that the Yankees Red Sox is very marketable, so they're oh, gonna, yeah. they they want to get people to watch it. It's that simple. Yeah, that's why they did that.
1: It was just like it was weird. Like I kind of liked what he said, which is true. like I would have loved to bear the Red Sox this weekend. But if it was taken out of context, which it was then I understand why he's mad.
0: But still, they see the opportunity to cash, and that's just how it is. That's the business. But I do want to point this out, though. And I'm surprised you haven't been the one to bring up fantasy baseball yet. But Mookie bets on his three-homer night, 23 points. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's like like a start. You know why I haven't brought up fantasy baseball yet, Willow?
0: Why? I lost in both leagues this week. Oof. Honestly... Those twenty-three points that bets put up were really the difference maker in my win this week. Did you win? Won, You
1: did. Win, I won okay. two,
0: I won two ninety-six to two seventy-three. Wow. So yeah. that really was the difference maker. It was. So. I eat. I lost by hundred in both leagues. So that was cool. Also, I think I made the. Uh, I think I made a big move this morning. Yeah. Because the Blue Jays called up a little prospect named Bo Bichette. Ah, uh, they did. I went and snagged him on the market. So,
1: well, you know, you know, I was talking to Cardinal last night. He picked up Clint Frazier because he believes he will be dealt soon and then he'll be starting. It's a bold move. It is a bold move.
0: It is a very bold strategy. Checking
1: just because you brought it up, I have to mention checking the standings.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, in our league, the top eight make the playoffs. I'm in sixth right now. But if I lose these next two weeks, I'm not making the playoffs. I have to win these next two weeks. Wait, where am I in the standings? You're fourth. All right, I'll take but that. But you're nine and six. Mm-hmm. And I'm in. And Luke, who's in seventh, has one more loss than you. Mm. It's that He had
0: the tie. He had the tie.
1: Yes. Which is like, it's really. Really, anyone's game in the middle right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think Rob and Cardinal are far and beyond everyone. They definitely yeah. clinched. Um, but now I'm worried. In in my other league, it's top four make the playoffs, and I'm pretty sure I'm in five right now. And but the same deal, like anyone's game. It's kind of scary. Yeah, I'm at nine and seven. Tied for fourth
0: with three other guys. <laughs> Yikes! I know. So I, 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 we still got some more headlines to dig into here. Yeah, we do. We do. So how about Trey Turner? He hit for the cycle. Yeah, good did. for him.
1: Those are fantasy points for me.
0: <laughs> he hit for a cycle. Good for him. There hasn't been many cycles this year, I don't think.
1: Uh, uh I've pretty. There was one other one, right?
0: I think so. There. Yeah, gonna, it's been a quiet year for cycles, but cycles are usually quiet anyway. But straight yeah. turning for a cycle doesn't surprise me too much.
1: Real quick, mm. Didi could have had a cycle in that awesome game against the Twins.
0: I feel you mentioned this to me.
1: I did. He hit a fly ball that hit off the top of the wall. Obviously, the ballpark that the Twins play in, the wall is really high. Didi jogged like he hit a home run. And made it to second base. Mm. After, if he just sprinted out of the box, he has the cycle. He went five for five that night. So, mm. he could have had another one, but he jagged out of the box. So, yeah, Trey Turner hits for the cycle. That was really cool. Um, other big news, David Ortiz released from the
0: hospital. That Good. Good yeah. for him. That, that happened late last night, early this morning. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, wow, it's actually been a while. Yeah, he was in there for a while, so... It's nice to see him out of the hospital. Hopefully, they give him a little appearance at Fenway soon. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it'd be really awesome. I'd like to see that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Did a lot for that city. So, and they returned it. But we got a little milestone that happened this week. Mm-hmm. The Twins, as a team, have hit 200 home runs now. They were the quickest team to reach this mark. So I think they're easily going to shatter the home run record. Yep. Team. Feels I think bad. they have good. Is my I think day. they have a good shot at getting the 300 very easily.
1: all they is, do is hit home runs.
0: It's crazy though because that ballpark plays so big. Yeah. I mean, granted, they have a lot of power hitters in that lineup, but it's just crazy that that's that's how they win games. They just mm-hmm. hit home runs.
1: That's but, all they do. Max Kepler obviously owns Trevor Bauer. He hits a bunch of home runs. Mm-hmm. Nelson Cruz hits a lot of home runs. Miguel Sano has a crap ton of power.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Those Mitch are the
0: big Garver teams. hit like three home runs. It's true. Mitch Garver is a sneaky good hitter. Yeah. They have a lot of good bats in that lineup.
1: The Twins are really serious this year.
0: But I'm pretty <laughs> sure that the Indians are like a game out. The Indians are sneaking up. But here's the thing with the Twins. They've been... The twins have always had the talent there, because like they were in the wild card game in twenty seventeen. Yeah. In twenty fifteen, they were they played meaningful games up till like the final two or three games. Yeah. So they've had the pieces there. It's just now it's just freight train.
1: Looking at the standings now, Cleveland is two games out of Minnesota.
0: Two games? That's so easy at this point. That's that can change so easily.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but, no, they are serious this year. They will be in the playoffs. Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Moving on, the the Cardinals, man.
0: How? <laughs> of course, though. Wait, no. Here's my little beef. The Cardinals have been red hot right now, and I pick up uh, Ponce de Leon, the pitcher for them, on Fantasy. Of course, he freaking craps the bed. So now he's Ponce de Leon sucks. He gets Ponce de owned, you know, by, I don't remember who they were playing, but he got Ponce de owned. And of course, you know, it's like the one game they lose.
1: Yeah, it is. That was like the one game they lose.
0: Yeah. But the one guy that's been red hot for those Cardinals is Goldschmidt, who's finally coming around for them. Yeah. 345 average, six home runs, 13 home runs in his past seven games. I mean, he's looking like he's finally figured it out. Yeah. Good for him though.
1: I'm glad. I've always liked Goldschmidt.
0: Oh, I have too. Always a sneaky, underrated player. Yeah. Very underrated.
1: Um, yeah. So, right now, looking at the, the NL Central stand- standings, they've been crazy all year. Cincinnati's basically out of it. Um, excuse me. But Cubs and then Cardinals are tied at first, and Milwaukee is a game back.
0: I've been waiting for the Brewers to take off. I just don't think it's going to happen now. Yeah. They're just, and they lost Brandon Wood too, for too, so that hurts, too.
1: Yeah, that, that, that is going to really hurt them.
0: That really hurts them. Hurts my fantasy team, too, but that's besides the point.
1: Yeah, feels <laughs> bad. Um, yeah, so then another thing that you actually didn't know, but I saw on Twitter, of all teams, the Orioles broke the consecutive multi-home run game record at 10. 10 games in a row. It's going to be the, two players hit a home run.
0: The only good Orioles thing of the year. I mm-hmm. hate to say it, but that's like the only good thing they got going for them this year. The Who S- would <laughs> I mean, they have some bets, not enough to do this, but like it is surprising. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed the Orioles. The all time
1: record, the
0: Orioles. Baseball is weird, man. Baseball it is, is man. so weird. It is a weird sport. But, hey, Wednesday is the trade deadline. Is is. Three so days. We're, we're going to toss around some predictions right now on who's going where. Mike Miner. Where's Mike Miner going, Well, where, Where's the Rangers pitcher Mike Miner going to? Where's he packing his bags?
1: I hate to say it, man. I could totally see him. On the Yankees.
0: I can too. That's where I have him going. Just, Just because like, he's the quote-unquote best pitcher on the market that isn't on the Mets, you know? Yeah. Shouldn't be too expensive, but... it. I know that you're not thrilled to hear that. See, this
1: is the only reason why I'm not thrilled to hear that, okay? I've been, I've had a really up-and-down, like... Really mixed feeling about this trade. Like the whole trade deadline with the Yankees. Because obviously as we talked about. And I've said this to you before. On paper Yankees don't need anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On paper. But looking at the last week. Each starter giving up at least 7 home runs. You need pitching. So bad.
0: Mike Miner. Hermann had, a, pretty good had a
1: bounce back. But. I just. I don't know. I, It would help having Mike Miner. Like you said, he's having a good year. Good back-end guy, but, like, I just, I need Paxton to, like,
0: get his stuff together. I mean, here's the thing with Paxton, even when he was in Seattle. Good pitcher, yes, but he always battled so many injuries that he never pitched a full season. Yeah. Like I think the most innings he threw in Seattle were around one fifty maybe. He was always on the the DL. So you know, it's just, him pitching a full season just hasn't happened. So maybe he's going through the motions with that, I'm not sure, but
1: Yeah, I have zero confidence in him and Hap when they start a game. Like I know for an absolute fact when they start a game, there will be runs given up in the first inning. And if not the first inning, there's going to be one inning, in the second or third, where the game opens up. It happens almost every single time I watch when they, when they pitch.
0: And uh, Mike Miner, I think, could be the Yankees' next move. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. Mm-hmm. I just wish a bigger name,
1: you know. But it's fine. Um, Ken Giles, where do you think he's going to go?
0: This might surprise you a little bit, but I'm thinking he's going to go. I think the Dodgers are going to pull uh, pull the trade on him. Yeah. I think that they need bullpen help.
1: There's a bunch I, of teams with that need bullpen help.
0: There are, but I think the Dodgers, to really help solidify themselves as the best team in the NL, could use a guy yeah. like Ken Giles Because he's having a great year up there in Toronto. And obviously they have Kenley Jansen in the back end, but like... Are you really going to rely on, like, a Joe Kelly? Yeah, no. I, I think Giles, I, I think Ken Giles is, is the move for the Dodgers. You know, if he does go to the Dodgers,
1: and for some reason the World Series is Yankees-Dodgers, well, you know what? I'll, I'll go less. The Yankees do play the Dodgers soon. The Yankees own Ken Giles. <laughs> yeah. So that would be sick. Um... Felipe Vasquez,
0: Twins? Uh, the, the Twins are definitely going to be in the hunt for him. And I could see the Twin Now with Will Smith probably not getting traded from the Giants, yeah. I could see Vasquez going to the Twins. But or also, lefty. I also, and this is a very small chance I think it happens, he strikes me as someone that could go to the Nationals. yeah. I feel like the Nationals believe that they're in this. What about the Phillies? The Phillies? I think they're just going to die off, man. I think they're not die off like go under 500, die off. But I can't see them being too much of a threat. I think they have a good team, but there's a lot of question marks. And guys They are who,
1: six and a half back.
0: They're in the wild card hunt, but...
1: There's a bunch of teams in the National League that are in the wild card. Exactly.
0: So, Phillies are in a weird spot.
1: Yeah. Sam Dyson? Where do you think he's going to (sighs) go?
0: He's not going to be closing games anywhere. He's going to be a setup guy somewhere.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, where's Sam Dyson going to go? That's a good question. I could see him. I could see him in Houston. Okay. I think they, too, need ballpen help. And I think... He'll be a cheap and affordable name, but he's still having a good year. Mm. So I think he could really thrive there. And I think the Astros can get him for just a little amount. I I, I could see him going to the Astros, yeah. The Astros want another ballpen arm. So I could see that. Now here's a big one that I don't know if it's going to happen, but because the Reds have fallen out, does Yasiel Puig get traded?
1: I don't know. Um. That that's a tough question because he's having a great year,
0: <laughs> and also because the market's so centered around pitching this year. If a team's looking for a big bat,
1: so they can ask up. a lot.
0: Yeah, the Reds, the Reds have the market there, and they're not doing well. So it's it's interesting. I I think it's I I'm not confident a trade will happen with Puig, but I definitely think it's in the cards. Yeah. And if he does get traded...
1: Do you think it would be part of a package with a pitcher? Uh, but what pitching does the Reds have? Not a whole lot.
0: They have Castillo, but he's not going anywhere. No, uh, they're not going to move him. I think if we does get traded, though, I'm really not sure where he would end up. Because, again, the market is so pitching-based this year. Yeah. No team is out there needing a big bat. Although, actually, now that I think about it, I think maybe the Indians could use him.
1: No, yeah, because they're they're in it now. They're, they're in two it games and out.
0: They don't have a solidified outfield power bat, and I think he'd fit in well with that lineup and that ballpark. Yeah. So I, I, if we get straight, I could see him. Taking a little trip to Cleveland. Mhm. I can how's see about, that. How's about Robbie Ray, left-hander from the the Diamondbacks?
1: There's been talks about him going to the Yankees, also. I've seen a couple of those. Um, recently too, he wasn't always a name until the last couple of weeks. Um, if the Yankees don't get Mike Minor, maybe they get Robbie Ray.
0: Mhm. He's a sneaky good lefty. He strikes out a lot of guys. He's having an okay year this year. I could – I think off the cuff I could really see him going to the Yankees because that's where he's always been rumored to have been going. And this – even in the offseason there were talks about the Yankees liking Robbie Ray. Yeah. But, yeah, the Yankees I think are definitely the front runner for him. But I guess I'll just say the Yankees because I – have Obviously, they're the front-runner form, but I just feel like there's another team that might surprise us with that. I don't know who. It could be the Phillies if they want to be in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I could you know, see the Phillies pulling the trigger.
1: You know what's crazy, though? It wouldn't shock me. Like, I'm almost banking on it because nothing's happened yet. I know there's three days left, and I know the last day is always crazy. But I was thinking about this the other day. I It wouldn't shock me if the Yankees actually do nothing.
0: Uh, yeah, makes sense. But,
1: but now I think they definitely will, just because CC's hurt. Now I think they have the motivation to go out and get a pitcher.
0: But how much money do they want to spend is the question. Right. That's always what it's going to come down to. Cashman did say
1: he's willing to go all in on someone. He said that a few weeks ago. But nothing's happened yet,
0: so. We still have time. But... uh. We kind of touched on this earlier, but uh, Zach Wheeler, Noah Syndergaard, if they get traded, where do they go?
1: Well, I guess the Padres isn't happening with Syndergaard now. I've said this to you all year. I would absolutely love to have Syndergaard in the Yankees.
0: Um, yeah, okay. I'm, <laughs> the king of Norway. I'm the king of Norway. <laughs> but, I mean,
1: Syndergaard, you're going to get a lot for him. So, whoever gets him, has to dish out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much with Wheeler. I don't know if Wheeler's going to get traded. If I'm being honest,
0: I think one of the two will probably get traded. Yeah, I think it's more. I say there's a better chance that Wheeler gets traded over Guard just because the logistics of a guard trade are so much more prospect-wise. Yeah. With Wheeler, you can just make a simple trade, so to speak. So if Wheeler gets traded, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go to the Red Sox. Yeah. I think he's in the, the Red Sox have liked him for a while. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go there. But if Cindergard gets traded, I, I still think the Padres would be the team. But the other team that comes to my mind, and I don't know if this is so much... A good I it's not a good idea for either team, mm-hmm. but the Braves. But because that's an in division trade, the Mets will definitely ask for more. Yep. So because it's it's gonna come down to a team that has prospect depth. That's what it's gonna come down to. And the Padres and Braves are the big two in that. So
1: Yeah, the Braves they gotta make some moves too.
0: But, like, I, the Braves have pieces. It's just a matter of what do they actually need. They, uh, they're on the long line of teams that need ballpen help. Yeah. But, like, I think their lineup's pretty solidified. It's just young. Starting pitching's been pretty good.
1: So. The fact that it is young makes you think, like, if they're number one in the NL East right now,
0: they're only they only get- have
1: a really young team. They're going to be good for our, the next few years.
0: They're only going to get better. Yep. And that's scary. But how about a guy like Trevor Bauer? Does he still get traded? Because you, so many-
1: you saw what it did yesterday, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But that, I don't think that's going to off-put teams. That shouldn't off teams. <laughs>
1: did you see Frank Conan's reaction?
0: <laughs> no. Also, if, wait, for those of you who don't know... Trevor Bauer chucked a ball from the mound and over the center field fence yesterday. Out of frustration. <laughs> just just put that out there. Bauer's an interesting character.
1: He's a really weird guy.
0: Good pitcher though.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, I would love to see Trevor Bauer on the Yankees, but the Indians are in it now.
0: I mean, so why would you why would you trade Bauer? The only reason they trade him is for prospect depth cuz they don't have any. So, I could see him leaving.
1: So do you decide to try to make the playoffs without Trevor Bauer just to get some more prospects?
0: I think the ideal trade for Trevor Bauer would be to get someone who's in the majors now and then try to build some prospects too. But that's my take on that.
1: I don't think it would be
0: For Trevor Bauer, I think, honestly, you could see a three-team trade. Yeah. Because that would just make things interesting. Trevor Bauer's an interesting guy, you know, He likes to play with drones and cut open his hand in the playoffs. (laughs) He likes to chuck balls over center field. Have you ever seen his long toss routine? No. Dude, like this was a big thing when he was coming up. He would just go as far as he could. Like he had someone stand on the foul line. He'd go all the way back to like the fence as far as he could and like right center and just fire it. Wow. And also, I don't know if you know this, but when he was a prospect, he was also a rapper. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not joking. This was another big <laughs> thing. I'll try to find his stuff for you and send it your way. Yeah.
1: I'll,
0: I'll put it on the Oni Boys stuff, too, when I find it. Trevor oh, Bauer. Oh,
1: plug the Instagram. Wow. Oh,
0: plug, the Oni, plug the Oni Boys, the Instagram. 46 yeah. minutes in. Trevor Bauer, the rapper, the rap god. That's rap. funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. You also, now that we're we're going to change subjects here a little bit, you uh, put on our Instagram story yesterday, a little AMA, ask us anything. And we got a couple of responses. So the first one was from Al Evans, a frequent there on the Oni Boys account. He asked us, who is the best player of the decade? Is it Mike Trout? Well, let's hear your take.
1: Yes. Best player of the decade, best hitter. Let's split us off because remember we kind of talked about doing this. Yeah. Best hitter and best pitcher. Yeah.
0: Best hitter, obviously Trout. Best pitcher, Kershaw.
1: Yeah. And then, I said I would try to think of something to debate with you, um, for the best pitcher.
0: But the closest thing you can come to, and I I thought about, I thought, I literally thought about your counter argument this morning, and I'm like, the only real thing that you could put against Kershaw. Is that he hasn't been healthy the past couple of years. And that's why yeah. Scherzer, Scherzer has kind of like become a more dominant pitcher in the sense of he's like one of the best, I think, yeah. because Kershaw's been a little injury riddled. But there's Kershaw's track record of this decade is insane. He's arguably got the best pitch of the decade in that curveball.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, but overall, though, if you had to take if you're starting a franchise and you have and you average the numbers of Trout and Kershaw of this decade, who do you take?
1: Trout or Kershaw?
0: Yeah, you take their you average their numbers from all their seasons from this decade. Do you take Trout or Kershaw to start your team with? You have the first overall pick.
1: I think it's gotta be Trout.
0: I would have to agree with that. Just because the dude is in the top three of MVP voting. Every year, mm-hmm. All Star, Gold Glove, he's got the power. He's got. The I think,
1: like there were talks. I know you didn't favor this, but there were talks between him and LeMahieu, But I'm pretty sure Trout has it in a lockdown now for the MVP of this year okay. for sure in the in the American League.
0: Trout's on pace at 52 home runs. Yeah, that's he's Mike Trout. You know, that's. Well, yeah, no, I, I do think though. Best player of the decade, Mike Trout. Yeah. I I don't think there's much of an... I, I don't even know another position player you could argue so much on that,
1: you know? For the decade? No, I'm trying to yeah. think. How about this? What's the best reliever of the decade?
0: Best reliever? Kimbrell.
1: Kimbrell? Yeah?
0: Yeah. I I think I know who you're going to say. Well, the that, that's first... All about me. No, nope, go. First go. thing that came I to mind, it.
1: obviously, oh, it can't be the decade, but he did retire in twenty thirteen. Mariano Rivera. Um, nope, that
0: doesn't. That's he's missing six years.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can possibly make the argument for Chapman.
0: Yeah, you could. You could. I think it would come down to those two, Kimberl and Chapman. Yeah. Because um, both are very good pitchers, but both have also had their struggles.
1: Yes. And the reason why I say Chapman, not because I'm just a Yankee fan, but you got to think before he came over to the Yankees, how much, like, how many talks surround, and how, like, obviously he's not one of a kind anymore, but he was one of a kind when he was first coming up.
0: Oh, he was a big deal. He was really the guy that started the whole throw hard, like, yeah. revolution. And, Kimbrel and Chapman got called up around the same time, and Kimbrel was throwing hard too. But the reason why I choose Kimbrel is that Kimbrel has always done his job as a closer. He's mm-hmm. got well, – he this decade he had 330 saves, I want to say, yeah. before he went to the Cubs this year. So he did his job, and he was dominant at doing it. Listen, postseason's a different story. But I'd still feel comfortable taking Kimbrel, you know?
1: So, obviously, there's like money involved and everything, but if he's the best pitcher of the decade, why did it take a team months to sign him?
0: That's actually—I mean, he, he wanted over $100 million. That's why. Right, which is a joke. He's not worth that. He's a, he's a reliever. He does his job as a closer. Closers should not be making over $100 million. Yeah. It's that simple. That's why it took so long. And he was not budging on his asking price. So, but you can make the army like, hey, if
1: he's the best closer of the decade, just go out and get him.
0: But I also I, I, think that I think that's kind of a stretch of an argument, though, if you're I, basing this solely around money. Yeah, that's true. Because Bryce Harper is getting paid a lot and he's not doing well, oh, he's, getting doing he's not doing well. They both were an all stars. I mean, neither was Kimberl technically, but. Exactly. So I don't think it always is going to come down to money when it comes down to being a great player. Yeah. You know?
1: That's why there's talks about Chapman uh, opting out of his contract this year to get more money.
0: Mm hmm. But we'll see how that one goes. That's a. But now, another question we got asked was by Carter Moses 58, and it was. What drill helps you to refine your game? I, yeah. I actually really like this question because now Me we're too. gonna get we're gonna get into our past playing days a little bit and your coaching stuff too. So this is this is gonna be a nice little breath of fresh air, I think. Yeah. So will what what drill helps you refine your game? or also, I want to hear it from your spe- perspective as a player and as a coach because I'm really interested in that.
1: Okay. Um, a specific drill? I can't pinpoint like one thing that I like want or like that, what I did or that I want my players to do. But I remember one thing that I really enjoyed, it can't be an all the time thing. Cause I've had coaches that only do this for practices and that's not how you practice. But there was, so we did um, like batting practice, but like a live batting practice. So whoever was up, you'd get like, it'd be all around like everyone. I loved it as a player and I loved it as like using it as a coach. But like I said, it can't be, this can't be your whole practice. Um, player would go up first pitch. You'd have to bunt. There'd be runner on first base and whoever's like on deck, whoever just hit goes to first base. And then you have to, it's a hit and run, get him over to third, get him in. And then you get like five swing away swings. But, Every single hit is live in the in the outfield, in the infield, and then like say he swings and misses. Then there's two fungo two fungo coaches. If he swings and misses and there's no play, then they hit it to the one hits the outfield, one to ground ball to the infield, or if you don't want to do outfield, uh, you just one ground ball to the third base side, one ground ball to the first base side. Um, so it really helps everything. Hitting helps you work on your situational hitting helps you work on your running, helps you work on your defense, playing every ball live. I really really enjoyed that. But there's some coaches that only did that. Mm-hmm. And you can't just do that,
0: you know. Yeah, we did something similar like that back when I played. Not we didn't have coaches hitting us fungos cuz we just genuinely didn't have enough coaches, but mm-hmm. like we did something very similar to that where it would be a live BP type thing. Yeah action like we would have like i think five swings and the next one actually four four hits and then the fifth one would be live where we'd have to run it out and stuff yeah and play it as if it was yeah action. that too yeah yeah so um,
1: and another drill that i loved and then i will ask would you like to um this is the coaching side and he i had him as a coach and then i coached with him he was amazing with the fungo like Fungo is an art, okay? It was so hard for me when I was learning how to hit the fungo. Um, but this coach, Coach Veronese, he can hit anywhere he wants to with the fungo, and he's awesome at the at the catcher fungos, which is, like, really, really hard to do. Most coaches just, like, don't want to hit it with the fungo, so they just throw it up in the air for the catcher at the end. Um, but he did an in-between drill. So we there, we'd have to try to get to 10, and then... He set like a, if we didn't hit 10, then we'd have to run. So we have to get 10 in a row, and he, all he would do was in-betweens. So he'd do in-between for the infielders. He hit it up in the infield. He had to call each other off. He hit it up like shallow left field. The short set, the third base, in left field had to figure out who was going to get it, call each other off. That, that was a drill that I really liked because that's a big part of the defense, especially when I was pitching, that I hated. If there was a little in-betweener, then
0: mm-hmm. nobody
1: called it off and it just dropped. Worst thing in the world. Yeah. Oh yeah. How about you? What what was your favorite drill or so,
0: helped refine your game? This I I pitched in high school as well as played first base and this was one that helped me with my pitching a lot. So we and we do we wouldn't do this when we were outside, but early in the season we'd be inside in the gym and stuff and we had these breakaway mounds that you just like okay. put together. It's like a makeshift mound, but it was still it still served its purpose. Yeah. But on the mound, sometimes we would put a line of tape going up the middle from the mound to the end. And that yeah. was to keep you in line when you pitch. So you're going right to home plate. Yeah. That was something I really liked to do in. Cause my big problem was that sometimes I'd fly open or I'd pitch closed and it would really All screw right. my location. So me having that line, there was just a good mental note for me to go right down the middle. When I pitched, that's something I really enjoyed and something that actually really helped me. Something that's, that
1: that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. We just had that line down the middle and just know. So like, you step on that line when you're driving off. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So that was something that really helped me. And then, as a first baseman, obviously just a lot of I.O. helped me. Yeah. Because there's only so much you can do. But something I liked as a first baseman was just working on playing the hop and doing scoops. Because mm-hmm. that was something. That's something that you do encounter a lot. And we. We didn't do as much of that as I would have liked, like, offside, like, just working on scoops and hops and stuff, because it was always a team practice, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like, there were times where we'd, we'd like, section off, and I'd get work in doing scoops and bounces and stuff, and that always helped me become a better first baseman, so. Yeah. Yeah, but also, wait, what are you going to say?
1: No, you can go, because I I just want to add one more thing.
0: Add one more thing, because I was going to kind of not shift to something different, but promote our next focus episode
1: <laughs> uh, yeah we'll do that in a sec so just one last drill that i liked mm. um the coach that came in last year um well the last year that i was coaching um he's great really changed a lot of program he i never had this when i was at when i was at arlington but he came in he'd had like pitchers and catchers report two weeks early and only work with them but um Another thing that he did, because we have the turf at Arlington, even during the winter, if it's cold, we could push all the snow off the turf and then use the turf outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget this. We never did this when I was when I was an actual player, but I, I love it as a coach. It was a great off-season idea. Um, we had four coaches literally hit upwards of 200 baseballs and, like, we just rotate, and sometimes it would be all four fungos. Like I would be hitting the first base, another coach would be in the second, third, and short. Um, and then sometimes only two would be hitting, and you, you could practice rolling the double play. Like hit it to short, and they throw it to second. Hit it to first, and they'd throw it to third. Hit it to third, throw it to first. Mm. And our, that would be the whole practice, just the infield. Outfield would be doing something different, but just the infield would be like over 100 reps each just practicing fielding ground bowl in the offseason i really really enjoyed that too especially as a coach because like before tryouts and everything just during winter workouts i could really see like who really wants to actually make a team in the spring you know
0: mm-hmm. makes sense yeah you know we're gonna dive into a bunch more of this stuff though when we do our next hoax episode which will be out this week it's gonna recap our playing days and the good, the bad, the what we did, the what we should have done, a bunch of those things. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh,
1: us washed up uh, high school baseball players.
0: <sighs> See, we now play ultimate Frisbee. So, like, we do. If you're a retired baseball player, high school baseball player. Play some ultimate Frisbee because you're going to become a very good Frisbee player.
1: That, To be honest, though, talking with a bunch of the alumni, at least half of them used to play baseball.
0: Baseball players make the best frisbee players.
1: Facts. Change my mind. <laughs> whenever you whenever you're done playing baseball, you also have to play golf. It's just how that oh. works.
0: Yeah, you got to go from one swing to another.
1: Yep. Which I'm actually really I love playing golf now, man. I'm mm-hmm. like addicted to playing golf now. It's so fun. We're going to Bethpage on
0: Friday. That is true. Friday we're we're looking to go into Bethpage. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Meet up yep. with Rob again and Cardinal. Who? I Cardinal. I'm excited to see Cardinal, man. That's yeah, gonna be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can try and get him on the pod at some point too. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe alumni weekend. You never know. But yeah, that I'm wrapped up on everything. I got to say.
1: Yeah, I will about do it. That was a good pod.
0: That was very good. All right. Well, as always, feedback is appreciated. Let us know what's going on. What you Thank like? You what you to talk.
1: Al and Carter? I think it was yeah, for those two right, questions.
0: Good. Yep. You know, if you want to fight us on a point, let us know. If you don't like what we're saying, let us know. Just let us know what you're doing, what you think. I, yeah. Yeah. See
1: you guys in the next one.
0: Later.